بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته My name is Um Abdullah and I'm happy to welcome you back to another episode of The Beginning of Guidance for Muslim Women Inshallah in this episode we will finish this rather epic introduction of Imam Ghazali talking this time about the three types of people who seek knowledge. Inshallah, we'll begin with the dua of Imam al-Haddad as we seek to rectify our intention and our reasons for seeking knowledge. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma inni nawaitu ta'alum wa ta'alim wa tadhakur wa tadhkir wa nafa wal intifa' wal ifada wal istifada wal hatha ala tamassuki bi kitabillahi wa sunnati rasuli وَالدُّعَاءَ إِلَى الْهُدَى وَالدَّلَالَةَ عَلَى الْخَيْرِ إِبْتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ اللَّهِ وَمَرْضَاتِهِ وَكُرْبِهِ وَثَوَابِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى آمين Let's get right into our text here as Imam Ghazali will describe for us the three types of people who seek knowledge and explain that in some detail and then conclude the introduction with again him asking us to test ourselves and to see where we really stand on this path. Bismillah, he says, وَعْلَمْ رَحِمَكَ اللَّهُ أَنَّ النَّاسَ فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ عَلَى ثَلَاثَةِ أَحْوَالِ رَجُلٌ طَلَبَ الْعِلْمَ لِيَدَّخِرَهُ زَادًا إِلَى الْمَعَادِ وَلَمْ يَقْصِدْ بِهِ إِلَّا وَجَهَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالدَّارُ الْآخِرَةِ فَهَذَا مِنَ الْفَائِزِينَ So we'll take it step by step. He says, first of all, uh, understand, may Allah have mercy on you, that there are three classes of people who seek knowledge. First is a man who seeks knowledge to make it his provision on the way to the next life and intends by it nothing other than the countenance of Allah Most High and the home of the hereafter. He is of the winners. Imam Ghazali has said in Ihya Ulum al-Din, in Book 26, the Kitab Dham al-Dunya, blameworthy qualities of the dunya, he says, that the dunya is, well, literally the farm or the place of harvest for the akhirah. So a person who seeks knowledge to make it his provision on the way to the next life Intending by nothing than the countenance of Allah is indeed the winner. He's of al-fa'izin, those who are successful. And our commentator al-imam al-jawi says here that there are signs for that type of person. Number one, he does not seek knowledge for the sake of the dunya. Also, his objective when it comes to busying himself with the Islamic and Sharia sciences is only to attain contentment and happiness and bliss in the next life. He says also that his intention in seeking knowledge is to follow the Prophet ﷺ, who is the sahib of the Sharia. He is the one who has brought to us and is the possessor of the Sharia in his actions and in his speech. He also will be the first person to do what is commanded and to leave what is prohibited. And he avoids excessiveness in his food, his clothing, and in his residence. So this is very important. He lives in a humble way, in the middle way, without too much and without too little. 
and he avoids mixing with the ruler or with the political people except if he's called to advise them or if he needs to advise them on a particular matter or if it's for the case of interceding in a manner which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the final sign here is that he says that a person who sincerely seeks knowledge for the sake of his akhirah and not for his dunya is that he does not rush to give fatwas or non-binding legal verdicts. And this is a major problem in our time as everybody is out there on Google and on the social media platforms and doing whatever they want and saying whatever they want out of complete and utter ignorance. And one of the signs of not rushing to give fatwas is to refer people to others that you feel are more knowledgeable than yourself. So first of all, to refrain from making a statement about a particular issue, knowing that you don't know anything about it. And if you do know something about it, then you should always refer people to those who are more knowledgeable than yourself. Imam Ghazali describes the second person of the three. And he says, وَرَجُلٌ طَلَبَهُ لِيَسْتَعِينَ بِهِ عَلَى حَيَاتِهِ الْعَاجِلَةِ وَيَنَالَ بِهِ الْعِزَّ وَالْجَاهَ وَالْمَالِ وَهُوَ عَالِمٌ بِذَلِكَ مُسْتَشْعِرٌ فِي قَلْبِهِ رَكَاكَةَ حَالِهِ وَخِسَّةَ مَقْصَدِهِ وَهَذَا مِنَ الْمُخَاطِرِينَ فَإِنْ عَاجَلَهُ أَجْلُهُ قَبْلَ التَّوْبَةِ he says that the second type is a man who seeks knowledge to assist him in his present life and attained by it honour, good standing and wealth. He is aware of what he's doing and he feels in his heart that his state is not good and his intention is not right. He puts himself in jeopardy. If he dies before making repentance, it is feared that he will come to a bad end and his fate is under divine will. But if such a man or woman, all of this includes women as well, is divinely guided to repentance before the arrival of his appointed time, i.e. before he dies, and if he adds good works to his knowledge and redeems himself from his past shortcomings, he will become one of the winners. For it is quoted here, for truly one who repents of a sin is like one who has no sin. What's intended from that paragraph is quite clear. However, our commentator does add a little bit more detail to what it is that a person is actually seeking. So when Imam Ghazali says that the one who seeks knowledge to assist him in his present life and detain by it honour, good standing and wealth, what he's actually looking for is power, a type of power and nobility that comes to a person who has knowledge and who is able to lord it over others. We are warned here not to seek knowledge for the earning of wealth, which means that it shouldn't be the sole reason or objective of a person seeking sacred knowledge to earn wealth from it. This is an issue which has some detail to it, but the main point is that if a person exclusively seeks knowledge for the exclusive reason of gaining money for it, then that is not an acceptable intention. 
The intention for seeking knowledge should be to gain the countenance and the contentment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for a person to have success in the akhirah. So when this person feels the weakness of his heart, his rakaka, what he's feeling is that he's not in a good position and he might need to change himself. So inshallah, if he's able to make tawbah before he passes away and to rectify his intention, then inshallah his outcome is not feared and whatever he performed that was not pleasing to Allah prior to that by having a bad intention and acting on that bad intention, inshallah will be wiped away through his tawbah and his sincere repentance. The third type of person who seeks knowledge, Imam Ghazali says, وَرَجُلٌ ثَالِثٌ إِسْتَحْوَذَ عَلَيْهِ الشَّيْطَانِ فَأَتَّخَذَ عِلْمَهُ ذَرِيعَةً إِلَى التَّكَاثُرِ بِالْمَالِ وَالتَّفَاخُرٍ بِالْجَاهِ وَالتَّعَزُّزِ بِكَثْرَةِ الْأَتْبَاعِ يَدْخُلُ بِعِلْمِهِ كُلَّ مَدْخَلْ رَجَاءَ أَنْ يَقْضِيَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَطَرَةِ وَهُوَ مَعَ ذَلِكَ يُضْمِرُ فِي نَفْسِهِ أَنَّهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ بِمَكَانِ لِتِسَامِهِ بِسِيمَةِ الْعُلَمَاءِ وَتَرَسُّمِهِ بِرُسُومِهِمْ فِي زِيِّ وَالْمَنْطِقِ مَعَ تَكَالُبِهِ عَلَى الدُّنْيَا ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا فَهَذَا مِنَ الْهَالِكِينَ وَمِنَ الْحَمْقَى الْمَغْرُورِينَ إِذْ إِرْرَجَاءُ مُنْقَطِعٌ عَنْ تَوْبَتِهِ لِظَنِّهِ أَنَّهُ مِنَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَهُوَ غَافِلٌ عَنْ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ كَبُرَ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَنْ تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ وَهُوَ مِمَّنْ قَالَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم أنا من غير الدجال أخوف عليكم من الدجال فقيل ومن هم يا رسول الله قال علماء السوء Third is a man who falls completely under shaitan's sway. This man uses his knowledge only to increase his wealth, boast of his rank and take pride in his large following. With his knowledge he explores every avenue hoping to gratify all the desires he has for this world. In spite of all this, he still secretly believes he has a high place with Allah because he adorns himself with the outer characteristics of the learned, following in their footsteps in dress and manner of speech, all the while rushing with frenzied desire towards the world inwardly and outwardly. This person is irretrievably lost. He's one of the foolish, deluded ones. This is because there is no hope for his repentance as he is convinced that he is one of those who do good. Such a person is heedless of the words of Allah Most High. O you who believe, why say you that which you do not? Most loathsome it is in the sight of Allah that you say what you do not. He is one of those about whom the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was speaking when he said, There are some that I fear more for you than I do for the Dajjal, the Antichrist. People asked, Who are they, O Messenger of Allah? He said, evil scholars. He goes on to say, وَهَذَا لِأَنَّ الدَّجَالَ غَايَتُهُ الْإِضْلَالِ وَمِثْلُ هَذَا الْعَالِمْ إِنْ صَرَفَ النَّاسَ عَنِ الدُّنْيَا بِلِسَانِهِ وَمَقَالِهِ فَهُوَ دَعِنْ لَهُمْ إِلَيْهَا بِعَمَالِهِ وَأَحْوَالِهِ وَلِسَانُ الْحَالِ أَنْطَقُ مِنْ لِسَانِ الْمَقَالِ وَالطِّبَاعُ النَّاسِ إِلَى الْمُسَاعَدَةِ فِي الْعَمَالِ 
أميلوا منها إلى المتابعة في الأقوال فما أرسده هذا المغرور بعماله أكثر مما أصلحه بأقواله إذ لا يستجرئ الجاهل على الرغبة في الدنيا إلا باستجراء العلماء فقد صار علمه سببا لجراءة عباد الله على معاصيه ونفسه الجاهلة مدلة مع ذلك تمنيه وترجيه وتدعوه إلى أن يمن على الله بعلمه وتخيل إليه نفسه الأمارة أنه خير من كثير من عباده He says this is because the aim of the Antichrist is to misguide people. So this is why the Prophet ﷺ feared more for people, evil scholars, than he did the Antichrist. Because he says if the likes of a scholar is to urge people away from this world by their speech and statements, they actively invite them to it through their actions and state. This is because actions speak louder than words and human nature is such that it is inclined more to take part in what is done than to obey what is said. How much more corruption indeed will the actions of this deluded man cause than any good brought about by his words, since the ignorant man only throws himself into the pursuit of worldly things after he sees the scholars doing so? Thus the deluded scholar's knowledge becomes the very cause of the servants of Allah daring to disobey him. Despite this, his ignorant lower self gives him assurance, filling him with hope and desire, calling him to expect favors from Allah as a result of his knowledge, and his evil inciting soul makes him believe that he is superior to many of his servants. The key point in that paragraph is that The person whom shaitan has overcome by obeying his lower self is the one who takes his knowledge as a means for acquiring more of the dunya, whether that be through the accumulation of goods and children and pride through them and through his seeking social status and seeking a large following. And unfortunately, The time that we live in provides ample and very ripe opportunities for people to actually acquire those things uh, far more easily than has ever been before. Again, Imam Ghazali talks about the way in which a person will try to adorn themselves with the outer forms of the scholars and this is part of their delusion. He mentions that there is a type of zealousness which people pursue in order to make them look on the outside and inwardly that they are indeed from an exclusive group and that is a sign of their destruction and of their stupidity. These things were obviously big issues in the time of Imam Ghazali because the pursuit of knowledge and the social status that came with that was something that was very prevalent. In our time, it's more the pursuit of secular knowledge, which makes people don a particular attire and pursue for themselves parts of behavior and lifestyle which would reflect that of an academic, for example, or a professor or somebody who has acquired great status through their secular qualifications. And we can see it playing out also in the Islamic world from time to time. But mostly it would appear that there has been a transferal of arena whereby a person who seeks to 
gain for themselves in the dunya is more inclined to follow the path of academia than they are the pursuit of sacred knowledge. Al-Imam al-Jawi says of the ulama asu, the evil scholars, that they are every type of munafiq, every type of hypocrite who has a lot of knowledge which they express. However, they are ignorant when it comes to the state of their heart and their actions. So they take knowledge as a type of skill or profession from which they eat and gain their sustenance and they also get a lot of social status from that and they call people to Allah but at the same time they are the ones who actually run away from him. The Prophet says that he feared more for his ummah evil scholars than he did the Antichrist, the Dajjal. The Dajjal is to misguide people. However, the evil scholar looks like he's calling people away from the dunya, but it's through his state of heart that he actually draws people towards it. So on the one hand, he will talk lots of talk about everything to do with the deen and spiritual knowledge and things like that. But then what he's actually doing and how he's living will be with wealth, great wealth, not not a blessing of wealth that Allah will give people, but through the pursuit of great wealth and status and show and flamboyance. And it's through that that he actually calls people to wanting and yearning for the dunya because they see all that this great scholar has achieved for himself through his ilm but at the same time talks about the blameworthiness of the dunya and all the spiritual things that people want to hear. These people are real tricksters and not only should we steer clear of them but we need to be very sure in ourselves that we do not follow their path and end up one of them. Al-Imam al-Jawi says that the rectification of the earth and the people on the earth is inextricably connected to the rectified state of the scholars. Imam al-Ghazali mentions that when he says that the ignorant man only throws himself into the pursuit of worldly things after he sees the scholars doing so. And it's the deluded scholar's knowledge which becomes the very cause of the servants of Allah daring to disobey him. So Imam al-Ghazali concludes that section and he says, فَكُنْ أَيُّهَا الطَّالِبُ مِنَ الْفَرِيقِ الْأَوَّلِ So be, O seeker among the first class, وَحْذَرْ أَنْ تَكُونَ مِنَ الْفَرِيقِ الثَّانِي And be careful not to be of those of the second type. فَكَمْ مِنْ مُسَوِّفٍ عَجَلَهُ الْأَجَلُ قَبْلَ التَّوْبَةِ فَخَسِرَ For how many procrastinators die before they repent and they become the losers. وَإِيَّاكَ ثُمَّ إِيَّاكَ أَنْ تَكُونَ مِنَ الْفَرِيقِ الثَّالِثِ And be very aware, he says twice, that you do not become by any means of those of the third group. فَتَهْلِكَ هَلَاكًا لَا يُرْجَ مَعَهُ فَلَاحُكَ He says because you will end your life wretchedly and utterly bereft of hope or success for salvation. وَلَا يُنْتَذِرُ صَلَاحُكَ So he concludes the whole introduction and he says, فَإِنْ قُلْتَ فَمَا بِدَايَةُ الْهِدَايَةِ لِأُجَرِّبَ نَفْسِي فِيهَا If you then ask, what is the beginning of guidance that I, that I may test myself thereby? He says, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّ بِدَايَتَهَا ظَاهِرُ التَّقْوَى وَنِهَايَتَهَا بَاطِنُ التَّقْوَى فَلَا آقِبَةَ إِلَّا لِلتَّقْوَى وَلَا هُدَى إِلَّا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ وَالتَّقْوَى عِبَارَةٌ عَنِ امْتِثَالِ أَوَامِرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى 
واجتناب نواهيه فهما قسمان وأنا أشير عليك بجمل مختصرة من ظاهر علم التقوى في القسمين جميعا So he asks us, well, what is the beginning of guidance that I may test myself? And he says, no, that its beginning is the outward form of taqwa, God consciousness, or really fear of Allah, and its end is the inward reality of God consciousness and fear of Allah. Hence he says there is no ultimate bliss except through God consciousness, and guidance does not come but to those who are conscious of Allah. He says, Taqwa, God consciousness or fear of Allah, means carrying out the commands of Allah Most High and turning away from that which He has forbidden. There are thus two parts to it, and in what follows, I will expound to you briefly the outward manifestation of God consciousness in both its parts. So, in the entire introduction, He's not actually told us what are the contents of His book other than to say that His outer and inner form is Taqwa. And if it is that we go into the contents of the book knowing that, then inshallah we will have great openings with that knowledge and Allah will bestow upon us by his grace and bounty to have a full understanding of the three sections on obedience, on refraining from disobedience and on the etiquettes of companionship with Allah and with his creation. Inshallah, we will attain full understanding and practice and action, which is what the book is for, to teach us knowledge to act upon. We ask Allah to give us success, to open for us, inshallah, the means and the ability, and that he blesses us with full taqwa, with full consciousness of him, real mindfulness of him, and with a proper state and a proper intention by which we should understand and test ourselves before we enter onto this path of seeking knowledge. Inshallah, ameen. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.